0: To know this morning that even when you don't see it and even when you don't feel it, God is at work in your life. You take your Bibles and turn them to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We're going to begin reading in verse 15 in just a moment. Last week I we began a new series as we begin looking at the marks of spiritual growth and and listen. We are last week we said that. Uh, You know, we are to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Why? Because if we're living, we're growing. If you... Have a child that is born that never grows, then you know there's something wrong with that child. And so, if you're born again and you don't grow as a believer, then there is something wrong in your life. And because God has promised that He will continue to work in us, and, and that that He has made a promise that we will be conformed to the image of his son. So if we're growing, we want to be able to look at our lives and see how they are growing and and so over the next few weeks I want to look at the marks of spiritual growth and they are to love, to learn, to live and to lead and within each one of those I have two aspects. So this is going to be eight more weeks of this and this week we're going to look at love. And, and and the aspect that we want to look at this morning is our love for Jesus Christ. So if you have your Bibles there with front of you, John chapter uh, 21, beginning at verse 15, where, they, uh, where John writes, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, "'Feed my lambs.' And he said to to him a second time, "'Simon, son of John, do you love me?' And he said to him, "'Yes, Lord, you know that I love you.' And he said to him, "'Tend my sheep.' And he said to him a third time, "'Simon, son of John, do you love me?' And Peter was grieved because he he had said to him the third time, "'Do you love me?' And he said to him, "'Lord, you know everything.'" And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that as we look at our own lives, we might hear your voice asking us today, do you love me? And I pray, Lord, that we will be able to say, as Simon did, yes, Lord, we do love you. And we pray that God, the Holy Spirit, would open our hearts and our minds to your truth that you would transform us today even more into the image of your son jesus for we ask it in christ's name amen now this passage of scripture i began reading today uh is happened after the resurrection after peter had denied the lord jesus is crucified he's raised from the dead and and he and Jesus tells uh, the women who see Jesus first, go tell the disciples and Peter that I want I will see them and that I have raised from the dead. And Simon Peter did see the Lord uh, in the upper room as Jesus appeared to his disciples. But now Simon has gone back. To his old way of life. He's gone back fishing again. I don't really know the reason why. I sort of guess that Simon, even though up to this point the Lord has, has seen him and that he is rejoicing in the Lord, I, I, I still wonder if Simon is thinking, can I still be his disciple? Can I still follow him? And so I think Simon is answering that question, no. And so he's going back to his, his former self. He was a fisherman. He went back to what he knew. And so he, he goes fishing, and of course he takes some of the disciples with him because they are fishermen. And, 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 and it's almost exactly the same as, as Simon's first call. They, they fish all night, and they can't catch nothing. And then uh, Jesus is on the shore, And uh, he calls out to them, because when you fished at night, you didn't fish far from the shore. And Jesus says to them again, what he said the very first time when he called them initially, he said, cast your nets on the other side. And when they do, they catch a multitude of fish. And John says to to Peter, that's the Lord. And of course, Peter is so rambunctious, he just jumps out of the boat. He swims to shore while the rest of the disciples do all the work. And they catch and they pull all the fish in and they all come to shore. And guess what? Jesus has done. He's cooked breakfast for them. Uh, our Lord cooked breakfast for them. And, and after breakfast, uh, Jesus and, and Simon Peter walk off, and that's where this conversation takes place. That's where this conversation takes place. And, and Simon and, and Jesus. Knowing where Peter is, says, Simon, son of John. Now, let's stop there for a moment. You remember on the road to, uh, to, uh, I can't even remember the name now. Uh, on the road to Caesarea Philippi, that's it. Uh, Jesus turned to the disciples and said, who do men say that I am? And, and and then who do you say that I am? And Peter chimes up and he says, Simon chimes up and he says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you. And now I'm going to call you Peter. But here he calls him Simon. It, 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 it's almost like the Lord wants to get his attention. It, you know, it, it's like it's like, you ever remember growing up when your mama called your full name? You know, not just your first name, but your whole name. They did that to get your attention. I think that's what the Lord is doing here. He's getting Peter, Simon's attention. He says, Simon, son of John, he doesn't say, do you believe in me? He doesn't say, do you trust me? He says, do you love me? Why? Because a disciple, listen, a disciple is compelled by the love of Christ. A, a disciple is compelled by the love of Christ. Everything that a disciple of Jesus does is, is, is motivated by the love for Christ. And why? Paul, Paul would put it this way: he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 5, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this. That one has died for all, therefore all have died. The love of Christ holds everything together. Not only His love for us, but our love for Him. You see, love is the power of obedience. Love is the power of our duty. Love is the power of our service. Love is the power of our sacrifice. Love is the power of our worship. Love is the power of our fellowship as a church. Love is everything. Love is the most powerful motivator, more than anything else in the world that can motivate us. Love is the most powerful, and that is what we are called to do. Love is what causes us to serve the Lord in an extreme act of dedication. The Bible simply says, You're to what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And and I want you to understand something is is that even though we're, you know, love that we have, our love for Him is not perfect, but it's something that should grow. And we see that here in this, in this passage of Scripture because when, when Jesus turns to, to Simon, he says, he says, Simon, do you love me? And there he uses the word agape. Now that word in the Greek, agape, is God's love. It is the most divine love of all. It is what is, Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13 where he says that love is patient and kind, that it's not jealous or boastful or proud it's not rude it does not demand its own way it's not irritable and it keeps no records of being wrong it it it, it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices in when whenever the truth wins out love never gives up love n- never loses faith it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance that's the kind of love that's what Jesus asked Peter now before In Peter's life, before all this happened, Peter would have been said, Yes, Lord, I agape you. I love you that way. I have that perfect divine love for you. But he doesn't do that here. He says, Lord, I love you. He says, I, and the word he uses there is phileo. It it is the word, you hear the word Philadelphia, the the city of brotherly love. It is a love, it's an affection. I have, I have a love for you. I have an affection for you, but it's not that perfect love. And then Jesus asks him again. He says, Simon, do you agape me? Do you have that divine perfect love for me? And, And Peter answers, Lord, I Phileo you. I have a love for you, but it's not that perfect love. And then Jesus says, okay, Simon, do you phileo me? Do you have that affection for me? And and, and Peter, that's when Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You're omniscient. You're God. You know that I have that love for you. And listen, at that moment, Peter, Peter knew that he didn't have that perfect love, but I want you to know that it would grow. And we'll see that in a moment, that his love would grow. Uh, but, and I want you to know today that God is more concerned with you being in a love relationship with him more than anything that you do. Because you can do a lot of things, but you may not do it out of love for him. But listen, if you love him, you will end up doing these things. And so a a disciple is compelled by love. Now, how is that love expressed? How is that love expressed? Well, we see that in this passage of Scripture. Our our love is expressed in service. What does he say? Simon, if you love me, do what? Feed my sheep. (coughs) Tend my flock. Take care of my people. Listen, our love for Christ is expressed in how we serve God's people. William Barclay put it this way. He said, Peter's love brought him to a task. If you love me, then give your life to shepherding the sheep and the lambs of my flock. We we, we can prove that we love Jesus only by how much we love others. Love is our greatest privilege in this world. But it brings us the greatest responsibility. We have the love of God in us, but it gives us the greatest responsibility, and that is what? <clears throat> by this, all men will know how, that you are my disciples by your what? By your love, one for another. So if we really love Jesus, then we're going to serve God's people. And how do we do that? How do we love others? How do we love others? Well, this was Peter's calling to to tend God's flock, but but we all have callings in our lives, and we all have ways to express that love for one another. We, We love others by encouraging them. When you encourage someone, you give them the courage, the support and hope they need through their trials to help them keep moving forward. How do we love one another? We pray for one another. We show love by praying for others, our friends, and guess what? Even our enemies. That's what Jesus said. Pray for those who persecute you. When you lift others up before God, it it shows you think about them, care about their needs, and what's best for them. How do I love other people? I act humbly towards others. You know, humility, as C.S. Lewis said, is not thinking of yourself uh, uh, less, thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. It's about thinking of others first, it's about putting the needs of others above your own. And you can act humbly towards others by listening to them, by not blaming them for your problems and mistakes about you can you can act humbly and love people by accepting their critique or or receiving their help or or considering them or showing interest in them and not thinking or acting like you are better or more important than anybody else we love one another by being hospitable hospitable to everyone we ought to be able to welcome everyone no matter uh, no matter if they're of a different race or a different political view, or 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 and treat others with kindness and respect. We 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 love one another by by uh, living at peace with one another. By you, you know we, we can live with peace with one another when we when we're we're not saying hateful comments or speak uh, speak ill of other people not looking for out for trouble, not provoking other people. And when offense rises, seek to make peace by either apologizing or forgiving. Which leads me, you know, we show love by forgiving one another. When we genuinely love people, we will forgive them. We let go of the offenses and choose not to hold people's sins against them. Listen, if you harbor unforgiveness towards someone, you decide, and you decide to be right rather than be reconciled, you're choosing not to love. And we can go on and on. But we're called to serve one another. And so our love for Christ is expressed by our service. So, look at your life right now. Is how you're treating others, how you're serving them, helping them, encouraging them, carrying their burdens, forgiving them, living at peace. Is, does that show that your love for Christ is growing? Or is it stagnated and going backwards? You could say you love him, but, but do you really love one another? But our love for Christ is not only expressed in service, but it's expressed in sacrifice. Look at, look at what Jesus says. He says, Simon, do you, do, you, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than all these? Now, what's he talking about there? Well, I believe he's talking about, do you love me more than the nets? Do you love me more than the boats? Do you love me more than fishing? Do you love me more than these things that go with your former life? Are you prepared to give this up, to abandon all your successes, your chosen career? Are you willing to give it all up? Do you love me enough to do that? I think if Jesus was standing here before you today, he would say, Do you love me more than, now fill in the blank. Do you love me more than your job? Do you love me more than your possessions? Do you love me more than your spouse? Do you love me more than your house? Do you love me more than your kids? Do you love me more than your dreams? Do you love me more than your ambitions? Do you love me more than your children? Do you love Jesus more? That's what Jesus said. If anyone comes after me, he must hate his father, his mother, his wife, his children. That doesn't mean that you actually hate them. It just means do you love him more? And if you do not love him more, then you're not worthy to be my disciple. You see, our love for him is by putting him first, which means that we give up a lot of things. And Peter is going to give up his life. We're in verse 18, Jesus is going to say, truly, truly, I say to you. What he's saying there, Peter, this is absolutely true. This is guaranteed. He's going to say, listen, in the future you're going to be taken prisoner and you're they're going to they're, you're going to be led where you're going to go and you're going to put your arms stretched out and what he was saying is Simon you're going to be crucified you you're going to die for me now could Simon do that at that moment he would do that at that moment because he only filleted oh jesus but you see, Simon would grow in his love for the Lord. And one day his love would be so great, he would be willing to lay down his life for his Lord. So when they came for him, he said, I love Jesus more than my own life. You see, only love will allow us to sacrifice everything for Christ. Jesus said, what? Greater love hath no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friend." The more we love Jesus, the more we'll be willing to sacrifice for him. You say, how do I I know that I'll be able to give up everything for Christ's sake? I I can't answer that question for you. But what I can say to you today is, grow in your love for him. You know, as Carrie Joby said, the more I seek you, what? The more I find you. The more I found you, the more I love you. The more you seek Christ, and the more you know Christ, the more you're going to love Him. I don't know where you are at this point. I don't know if you're at a place at this point where, where if they came down and they knocked down your door and they said, they said that you know either deny Christ or die. I I can't answer that question for you. I can only answer it for me, and, 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 and the only answer for me is, I am, will do that as, mu- as, as much as I love Christ. And, and, and listen, the more we sacrifice that, I, I can tell you, just know Him more, grow into your love for Him, and then listen, trust in His faithfulness to you. I, I love what Thomas Brooks wrote. He, uh, One of the great Puritan writers, he wrote this, he says what, suffering is... Times are times when the Lord is pleased to give His people more a sense of His favor. That is, is when we're called to sacrifice, that is when God demonstrates Himself more to you. I love what he goes on. He says, God loves to smile most upon His people when the world frowns at them. When the world puts its iron chains upon their legs then God puts his golden chains on their necks. When the world puts a bitter cup in their hands, the Lord drops some of his honey, some of his goodness and some of his sweetness into it. When the world is ready to stone them, God gives them a white stone. When the world cries out, crucify them, then they hear the sweet voice from heaven, these are my beloved ones in whom I am well pleased. That is... I don't know if that will ever happen to you. But I can tell you, the more that you sacrifice for him, the more he will be faithful to you. And you just have to simply trust that. So, examine your love for Christ. We've examined our love by our service. Let's examine our love for him by our sacrifice. What are you giving up for him today? And you say, if you're not giving up anything, then I would be asking, do you really love him? Because Jesus said, what? If any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And that leads us to our third point. Our love for Christ is expressed in surrender. Look at what, after Jesus said this, he simply says to Peter, what? Follow me. Follow me. And so Peter follows Jesus, and, and if you go on in the passage and continue reading in the passage, uh, Peter takes a few steps, and the first thing he does is what? He turns around, and he goes, what about him back there? And now most of us believe that's John that he's pointing to, <coughs> and, Peter say, and Jesus says to John, listen, John, it, it, Peter, if I leave him alive until I come again, that's none of your business. That's none of your business. You just follow me. You see, you don't have to worry about the paths others take to follow Jesus. He's only asked you to follow him. That's what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, 1. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let uh, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely to us, and let us run with endurance, what? The race that is set before us. We each have a race set before us. we each have to follow him and, and and we have to follow him no matter what everybody else is doing, no matter where he's leading them, we don't have to worry about it. we just have to follow where he's following me. Well for, ask us to follow him. So you say, well how do I know I'm following Jesus? Well are you denying yourself daily? You cannot follow Jesus unless you're denying yourself. This doesn't mean starving yourself to death or being stingy or being a monk living in a secluded place in the boondock somewhere. What it means is to make God's will your will and surrender yourself and your will to His. And so you have to ask yourself, am I seeking His will daily or am I seeking my will daily? And if you're seeking your will daily, you're not following him. And so if you're following him, what? you're going? Listen, I, if you're following him, you're going against the way the world is going. And you're, and you're going towards the way Christ is going. Listen, Jesus says this was, he says, Enter the narrow gate, for wide is, is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Listen, listen. The road we walk in order to follow Christ is is often a solitary one. Because so many people are choosing to go the world's way, and doing the things the way the world does it, and, and sometimes you're just going to have to walk the way Christ wants you to walk. And so you have to ask myself a question. Okay, am I am I doing everything the way the world does it, or am I doing things the way Christ wants me to do it? Am I following Him? If, if I'm following Him, then, then guess what? Not only that, if I'm following Him, I will bear fruit, and the Holy Spirit will bear fruit in my life. Those who follow Christ walk in the Spirit of God And the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and self-control, all those things will, will be produced in your life. The Holy Spirit produces the character of Christ in our lives. And so if you want to ask yourself, am I following Jesus? Then ask yourself the question, do I see the fruit of Christ's character in my life? And the best time to ask that question is when you're under pressure. Remember, last week we said that spiritual growth is measured when when times are tough. When times are tough, when, when, when the world squeezes you, ask yourself the question: what's coming out? And, and if it's the character of Christ, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, then you know you're following Him. And so we, we, we say, okay. Here, here it is. My love for Christ is expressed in my surrender Am my following him. Is my love for, if my love for Christ is expressed in my sacrifice, what am I giving up for him? My love for Christ is expressed in my service towards other people. So, here we are. Measure yourself today. On a scale of one to ten, One meaning that, one me and one meaning is my I, I, I have very little love for Christ, and ten meaning I have that perfect divine love. And if any of you say that you're a ten today, you're a liar. Because it's not that I've attained it, but I keep pressing on. So look at all those areas of my life and say, where is my love for Christ today? How, how have I grown in that? Over this past, as we're starting a new year, look at the last year and say, how much have I grown in my love for others and serving other people? Have I grown in that area? Ha- have I grown in, my, in what I'm giving up for Christ? Am I, am I, have I grown in my surrender of following Him? And, and, and see where you are today. And then ask the Lord, how, do, how can I love you more? this week. How can I love you more this month? How can I love you more this year? Because we all need to be growing in our love for Christ, because love is what motivates our greatest service for the Lord. Let's pray together.